What's up, everybody? It's another edition of the Gentile Life Podcast, and this time it's going to be outside sitting here on my back patio. I have my good friend Dan Hornstein coming to visit with me today. We're going to talk about how he got into comedy and why he loves it so much, and we're probably going to share some stories of the time when we used to work at Mattress Firm together. So sit back and relax and enjoy the show. All right, so here we are. We're back on the Gentile Life Podcast. For those of y'all watching on YouTube, this is my good friend Dan Hornstein. If you're listening on the podcast, uh, we appreciate you listening in. Like I said, you can check it out on YouTube if you want. If you want to see what these faces for radio look like, that, that's yeah, that, that's what I like. You really should be listening. <laughs> if you're watching, I'm sorry. <laughs> if you're watching, hello. <laughs> yeah. Uh, goodbye. <laughs> <laughs> but this is my good friend Dan Hornstein. I met this man uh, roughly about six years ago. Actually, I guess yeah, it's been man. roughly six years. Uh, we both worked for Mattress Firm. Uh, he was in our learning development department. I was in recruiting, and. I, I can't recall the time we met. Maybe it was in the lunch break room, maybe. Oh, I, 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 no I, I don't clue. know, but I just know for whatever reason, I was involved like trying to help out with different little projects that people were like asking, like, hey, who wants to volunteer to help in other departments? And for whatever reason, I was like, oh, I'll do it because I was just excited to be there. And then I started getting to know you. And then I think very quickly we realized like we both like to joke around a lot. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, for That's sure. That's what I recall, anyways. I, I don't know about you. So no, I, I remember that you helped a lot with like the we did some we got to do like some funny videos uh, for Bed yes. Talks, which yes. was our national conference, and it's kind of like a TED Talk. You know, we got creative. We mattress firm was very creative with the name of the of what we called things. As long as it was mattress pun themed, yes, you were good. Yeah. Yes, but you and I, we that was really I, uh, we we were in the similar circles and we got to do stuff and we always kind of got along. But that's really where I feel like when we did that kind of stuff, mm-hmm. um, we got to be good friends. Yes, and so that was that was a really cool experience. Yeah, it was. Um, and of course, you know, we're going to talk about it. You know, the uh, your injury. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> so so. So there's there there was a there was an instance where um, they, we were asked to help out and we were doing like multiple different or no y'all were doing multiple different like type of dream sequences for this we got to segment. I'll, so I'll give you the, the the quick background on it we we had a lot of creative freedom yes. which was super cool yes it was to make funny videos and the videos served in this conference to be uh, sort of insertions as we transition from one big thing to another chapter closes right so Mm -hmm. hey we're ending this chapter we're moving on to this next one let's show a video to help the audience reset (laughs) and get everybody involved well one of the videos that we were doing was that was the story of it was that Mm -hmm. uh i i was i had the fortune of doing hosting for our awards luncheon which was comedy related and sort of how i started getting into comedy was doing that and so we got to write funny videos for that and that one was dream sequenced and it was yeah. it was uh that particular one was the my co-host Derek Lahare and it was his dream that I was kidnapped or tied up by ninjas yep and he had to fight them away yes he did and I totally ripped it off because I got the, I got the idea from it's always sunny in Philadelphia which is a great show and completely stole it which they say great artists steal mm-hmm <laughs> And so I, you and Chris Nuno and Derek and myself and who, I think Steve Barnes. Yes, it was Steve Barnes. I was trying to remember who the third person was. Was there. And yeah, so there was the, y'all were the three ninjas. Yes. I was tied up and Derek was uh, there to, to, he was like the hero of his dream sequence. And we got, we went out and got ninja costumes. I remember that day going out because they're like, okay, we got, we got to go out. We got to get these ninja costumes. Yeah. I'm like, oh, okay, cool. 
And I remember going to this big ass warehouse, like out in downtown. It, yeah, and it was like kind of tucked away. And I'm like, oh, where are we? Like, where are we going? Like, we're almost in third ward, guys. Yeah. Like, where are we going? <laughs> and I just remember walking in, going, oh my god, there's so much shit. Like, this would be a lot of fun. And y'all were just like, yeah, we're gonna go find this. Okay, cool, man. I'm, I'm just like kid in candy store. I'm like, man, if I had money, I'd buy like all this. Well, I had only been there once or twice before, but that was the place they told us to go. Yeah. Corey Ludens, who had done a bunches and bunches of these, mm-hmm. goes, go to this store. I think it was, it, it's got a weird name. It's called like Frinkles <laughs> yeah. or Twinkles or something like that. He's like, go to Frinkles. I'm like, yeah, okay. <laughs> are, are you sure you're saying yeah, sure, sure thing, big guy. What, what yeah. kind of costume <laughs> shop right. is this? Like, I'm, like, I walked in, like, yeah, I'm expecting like a full-on like eyes wide shut section. <laughs> like, what kind of masquerade are you going to? Is it Phantom of the Opera or is it Orgy? Do I need uh, a word? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> exactly. exactly. <laughs> but like, they've got everything. They've got the the uh, the gum that you put to wear a bald cap on. Yeah. You can get everything you need. So you like walk in and you're like, hi, I'd like a ninja costume. Mm-hmm. Sure. And they're like, fly have, over here, take a look, try them on. It was crazy how cool that was. So we got the costumes. And then I remember we, that was the year where the company was still doing well. So <laughs> well, I think, I, I'm, so we, I'm going to go with the company was doing well as far as we knew. But yes, in, re- in reality, probably not so much. Probably so. I don't know. Um, I don't want to speak too ill of it. Uh, no, because we love that place. It was a lot of fun. It brought us together. It for sure <laughs> and did. And a lot of other people. It really did. So yes, it was a great company. So, uh, but we were allowed to rent the studio mm-hmm. and that was a big deal. Yeah. That was a, it was, a, from what I understand, it was probably a decent amount of money that was spent on that. And that, the whole step of the way, I remember I'm going, is this okay? I keep checking in mm-hmm. with my boss at the time, Corey, yep. who ran bed talks. And I kept saying, Corey, is this Okay. Corey, is this okay? We're uh, we're about to do this. Are you sure we're good? He's like, yeah, don't worry I'm about it. I'm about to hit right? okay on this. I'm about to hit enter. We're about to sign the check. Is, you know, and he kept saying, yeah, it's fine. Go for it. So we booked yeah. the studio, and I think this is what got you into the injury. The oh, studio yeah. was concrete floors. So yeah, because it's all hard slab. It's all white and it curves like mm-hmm. it's like this little curve thing. Yeah, and it's like straight concrete. Which at the time we're not thinking of that because we get on our ninja costumes and I remember and we rehearsed this like a million times. Like we rehearsed everything. <laughs> the easy part. I just had to sit there. Yeah, oh, yeah. <laughs> you sat there tied up like no. Yeah, just let me go. And I remember so they and, I, and for the life of me, I don't know why they That's came a to me. Wonderful impression of me. Because by the okay, way. for those of you watching, I need you. You need to see me. I'm a little pudgy, okay. And I was still a little pudgy back then because this was back in what 2000. 15-ish, I think? May, yeah, right, 15, right around. 16? I think that's good. So it wasn't yeah. that long ago. I was still pretty pudgy. You had Steve Barnes, the skinniest son of a bitch alive. Yeah. Chris Nuno, who's Mr. Workout Machine, and, and I want to say there was another guy there. I thought was it we Tony? Had, was Tony I there? think it might have been Tony. So either way, the other three guys that are there are in shape, and they're agile, and they do things. Yeah. They come to me and they go, "All right, Ryan, this is what we're going to have you do. You're going <laughs> to you're, you're gonna, you're gonna kick Derek... And then, like, what he's going to do, he's going to flip you. Can you do that? And, of course, still being fairly new in, I didn't want to be like, no. Because then they're like, well, we're not inviting this fucker back. I was like, oh, yeah, I can do it. It's kind of like the whole, like, what they talk about, I guess, with acting. It's like you just tell him, yes, you can do it, and then you learn you it later. figure it out later. Yeah. But I had to basically tell myself, like, I was pretty athletic when I was in high school. But, damn, that was a long time ago. I was like, I can do it. So, yeah, the whole thing was like, all right, so I'm supposed to kick my foot, and he catches it. And then what he was going to do is he flips me back. And so what I was supposed to do is kind of just do like a somersault. 
right? Okay. Or something like that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. However we were supposed to do it. And whatever happened, so I go to kick Derek, and he grabs my foot. And like again, I said, we rehearsed this, and it worked out perfectly. But I think he was supposed to grab my other foot. Or no, he was supposed to hold on to my foot and flip it over as I went to go. So when I went to go flip or somersault, he my foot slipped out of his hand. Because he was supposed to give me my momentum to flip me off camera or whatever it was. And so because of that, I'm parallel to the ground. And it's my knee. I think it was my left oh, knee or my right knee. It, I think it was that and one. Then you just all, moved it and I heard it pop. And I was like, oh, yeah, oh, well, yeah, yeah, my like ankles, residual. Yeah, my, <laughs> yeah, my ankles popped too. And, and so I'm parallel, like where my belly's uh, facing the ground parallel. And I landed Dude. knee first. And you went right into it. And remember the sound guy goes... We heard that. Oh, yeah. Because I remember I'm laying on the ground rolling around like, fuck, like, that's not good. Like, that's not good. And I remember I got up fairly okay. And everybody's like, oh, my God, are you? Because I remember Derek felt so bad. I was like, dude, it's okay. We all did. Yeah, <laughs> I was like, I'll, was I'll give you shit for the rest of your Major <laughs> guilt on our part. And so. And I grew up Catholic. <laughs> <laughs> I grew up so Baptist, like, where I'm like, shame. Yeah, shame. like, and I'm like, I feel it, bro. Like, it was, it was. Yeah, <laughs> all I remember, or no, actually, I didn't find out about the sound. You came to me, I think it was like later, like, yeah, the sound guy, like, you you just hear this thud. And so, and I remember we still had a lot to shoot, and I couldn't do most of it. I could barely move my leg. Like, my leg was so straight. It bubbled. You, I couldn't bend my knee. I remember it swelled up pretty immediately. Yes. Now, here's the other thing I got to preface. So, we finally shoot, like, a couple other things. And this is in the, during the work week. So, like, we left for oh, work yeah. to do this. <laughs> That's right. Like, a Tuesday afternoon. So, I, so I ended up going back to work. And oh my, God. <clears throat> my knee was okay and everything. Well, then, because I guess because I was moving so much. And the place wasn't far from our office. And I get back and sit at my desk. And after a while, like, my knee's bending. But my leg is slowly straightening up and bubbling. Oh, God. And I got That's to a what it was. It wasn't immediate. It was, you're right, you're right. It was, like, hours later. And so I'm rolling up my pant leg. And I'm trying to get it over my knee to see this thing. Because I'm not trying to go to the I was like, I can't walk to the bathroom. And I can't drop my pants at work. Oh. To look at, so, I, so I slide it up. And I look at it. And I went... God, this is... I mean, it was so swollen. So I go to Edith. I go, um, Edith, I need, to, I, go, I need to go to the ER. She goes, oh, my God. She goes, go. Just get out of here. I was like, yeah, I got to go. And so, uh, yeah. So I go there, and they were just like, yeah. And it was fine. They, they, I didn't break anything. They gave me, like, a knee brace. I think I, I was laid up in bed for, like, two days with this leg brace, this knee brace. And then, like, after, like, a day and a half, I could bend it. It was fine. That was the L.A., yeah, what, that no, was LA year. No, 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 no. LA year was my first year. This was, I think, San Antonio year, or it wasn't Houston year. I don't think. It no, was. Houston was the last. Yeah, that was our, that was that the very last one. In, yeah, and that was in seventeen. I thought it was in LA because the sleep train people mm -mm. saw that video. They saw like one of those and was like, "What is this?" <laughs> no, 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 no. Because remember, no, because LA happened in January when it normally happened, and okay. I didn't join until after Thanksgiving. And y'all had already pretty much, and I didn't yeah. know y'all. Okay. You know, I didn't know y'all then, and so because L.A. was when y'all did all the movie spoofs, like Pulp Fiction right. and all that. You're and I think that's right. where they were like, I know there was one that y'all aired that Sleep Train was like they were not happy about. I can't remember which one it was. I wasn't in the auditorium for that one though. I was doing something else. It, I yeah. It I don't was, remember what it was, but yeah. <laughs> there were a couple of things that we did that were in poor taste. <laughs> 
well <laughs> that I won't say <laughs> no we won't specifically no but we don't need to that was, hindsight's that always 2020 of course but yeah and I think I remember when we were doing the ones for San Antonio I guess y'all were y'all were bringing up um Y'all were like, yeah, we got to be a little bit more conscious this year or something along those lines. Because that, at that time, it was Sleepies that was coming in. And it was like, okay, yeah. we know what not to do this time. Yeah, we learned, we learned some lessons. That, that was San Antonio where mm-hmm. that one happened. I remember that's, that's where the ninja one happened. Because uh, Sam Woods was still with us at that time. Yes. Because uh, it was you, Sam, Derek, uh, Crystal Brown. Yeah. And that's that video. Yeah. yeah, that's yeah. One of everybody. Yeah. So the idea was like Sam, uh, Sam Woods and Matt Forbes. We're doing. They would host the awards gala. Yes. Derek and I would host the awards luncheon. So we were there, and the the mm-hmm. premise of the video was we were meeting with HR, and Crystal <laughs> from HR was going to take us through. Yes. Like the, here's here are <laughs> our expectations of HR. But the idea is we were all daydreaming. <laughs> yeah. During it and, and having our own little moments, and, and so each was the, yeah the, the 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 ninja one like that, each I, person I, had their own daydream sequence yeah. of what they were thinking about. So the thing I have to preface so, and and so for and for everybody listening and watching, so we would rent out these massive hotels. You know, in San Antonio, there's this massive uh, Marriott that we rented out, and so there's this big they make this big auditorium i mean this was like a spectacular thing that we for this little itty bitty mattress company that we always did and so i remember we get to that sequence and you know they're showing the videos and i'm excited i'm like yeah i mean you can't see my face because our face is all wrapped up and everything but i didn't care i was like i'm in this and so it gets to the scene where Derek catches, you know, the ninja and flips him, which is me. And so when the flip happened, you just hear this, ah! this loud screaming thud. <laughs> and I think it was a sound effect y'all added or whoever did in post. <laughs> and, I di- and I died laughing. And of course, Chris Nuno's somewhere and he's pointing laughing his like, ass oh, off. Like, yeah. dude, did you see that? I go, yeah. I go, that was the so great. The stunt looked good. That was video. so great. Like, you didn't see me hit the ground, but they sure made the sound effect that I probably made in real life. Yep. They just made it better. All right, so I, I remember now how everything came together and why that was that chosen video. That was meant to address mm-hmm. the year prior. And the year prior, we yes. year, it was San Antonio yeah. because the year before that was L.A. Mm-hmm. And in L.A., we got in trouble because of the nudity. That's right, the naked where y'all were running around naked. It was the nudity. That's and that right. was the year that I, 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 um, I lost a bunch of weight that year, too. And so, like, there's a video of Fat Dan, is <laughs> like 75 pounds heavier, <laughs> sprinting in the halls of 5815 naked. And that yes. was only because yeah. before that, they Matt and Sam had done these naked videos. I, yes, I remember hearing about those. So it was yes. like, we're just, this is like the nude man trilogy. Yeah, the, uh, <laughs> this is the mattress firm way. But that was also the year that Sleep Train came yeah, in. Well, yeah, that was a mattress firm thing. And then when you bring in other people from other companies. Without any warning. Yeah. <laughs> which some people were probably like, that's kind of funny. And then most people were like, Both what? Most people were like, dude, we're like, this is our job. Like, what is this? this yes. <laughs> so so the, the answer to it was, let's have a video where we have to yes. meet with HR. Because <laughs> in my mind, I and I'm probably putting way too much thought into this because I, th- I thought it was kind of a cool yeah. post note of that. I thought it was too. Yeah. Um, and you were involved. We had a lot of discussions and stuff. So uh-huh. you kind of knew like, here's what the overall intent of it is. Yeah. I don't know if anybody else connected the dots probably not. of, probably not. oh, they got in trouble because of the nudity and now yeah. they have to go meet with HR. But because it, <laughs> it had been a year and some change. Yeah. You know, so. Well, yeah, because that, yeah, because those videos aired in January, and then we didn't do the next bed talks until February of the following year. Like it got pushed back. Yeah, like, that, was a, month, that was that was Houston, yeah. and Houston was the last one we did. And that was in May. 
right because of the Super Bowl because I we had to we that. had to push it back because of the Super Bowl I remember that um, but yeah so <laughs> and I remember and, and I guess before we move on but I remember your dream sequence was the Muppets like she turned into a Muppet and I, <laughs> and I remember you telling me I don't remember if we were in a group or you were just telling me but I remember you were talking about like you had this perfect image of like a Muppet like you see like the Muppets like yes. perfect think Muppet. Elmo think Clover yeah, perfect right and then I guess because of a licensing thing, you couldn't do something. But the, no, the way the Muppet came out, you were like, not that you weren't disappointed, but you're like, it kind of looks a little creepy or something. It, it, <laughs> that's what it turned into. It, it was meant to be. You're absolutely right. Yeah. The the idea was that I was meant to be simple enough that <laughs> I would be watching Crystal through this lens. And in my vision, like my POV of her, yeah. she's a Muppet. And I was thinking like very Sesame Street. Yeah. It had nothing to do with licensing necessarily. It was the only place that we could get that did a okay. puppet. This is what they did. Yeah. And it came back looking like a paper mache nightmare. <laughs> Didn't Crystal like, what the hell is that? She saw it. We gave it to her <laughs> after. Uh, <laughs> oh, she still has it. No, no. She like, we found it. <laughs> Whenever everybody moved out of 5815, we found it. I think we went back to shoot another video in the empty space and saw it there. And we're like, well, I guess that answers that question. So, which, speaking of, okay, so for those listening and watching, um, so we had two offices when I joined the recruiting department. Right. We had, we, we outgrew our britches at our main office, which was uh, in Houston. And then uh, we had to move to like a satellite location on the west side of Houston, which is where I was and Dan was and a few others uh, departments. So we finally moved into our big office, you know, where everybody's together once again after a few years. So the other big office that we had was attached to a store we owned. So we were, you know, it's just an empty space. We use it for whatever, right? Well, y'all shot the next year a spoof on uh, The Shining. Yes. And the hallways are dripped in blood with, you know, um, with Sonny and Amanda who were uh, with the company and they were sisters and they're very much alike. So they, y'all did the shot of them in the hallway with the blood everywhere, right? Yeah, they're the two girls that come play with us. So the thing is, uh, I know you left well after this happened, but I remember thinking that, okay, we ended up selling that property or we didn't release it, right? Like about a year ago, that it's all torn down now. <laughs> But I remember going there when they were using it for nothing, and it's pitch dark, and I'm just walking around kind of reminiscing. I don't know why we were there. <laughs> Nobody cleaned And I look down the hallway, and there is blood all over the wall still. Nobody cleaned it up. So, of course, when they were like, yeah, that oh, we sold that location. It's no longer there. I'm like, <laughs> oh, I wish I was there when the person that owned it was going through a walkthrough oh God, and saw so that good. hallway. Yeah. That would have been so perfect. That's, that would have been so funny. That's fantastic. Yeah, that would have been funny. All right, so I love that you brought up. So you you hosted the award ceremonies that y'all would do with all like because I mean we brought in people from all over the country for this and we would reward top district managers, ops people, and stuff like that. And you and Derek, um, I remember the first year I was there, which was L.A. That was might have been the first year we did it. Oh no, not L.A. Excuse me. It was uh, yeah the first year you did was L.A. in San Antonio. Everybody knew about my broadcasting, so they asked me to be y'all's VOG and right. do the announcements. Right. And then, of course, I know, and I know you said that's when you started really getting into comedy and thinking about comedy and stuff like that, which is why I wanted to have you on the show, not us just talk about we <laughs> matches for him. I'll but talk you, about whatever. But yeah, but you, you, so so is that where your itch for comedy really started doing those type of things, or did it come before that? No, it it that really that kicked it off. It, it, so it was always kind of a bucket list mm. thing. Yeah. Part of the reason why I got into the the job that I do now in training is because my years and years ago before I worked for Mattress Room, I worked for a coffee company 
and they let me teach their new hire orientation. It was a one day, eight hour thing. We'd bring in people that yeah. everywhere in the city, they would have to come to this one day workshop. And that was my first thing getting into training. And I learned that I could make it a lot more entertaining if I made it fun for them yeah. and they'd listen better. Mm -hmm. So I tried to make it as funny as possible. That's sort of the yeah. preamble to yeah. everything else. Like the little nugget that just started. That was yeah, yeah. exactly. That's the earliest seed I think of that. I had always liked stand up comedy. I had always kind of had this bucket list idea mm -hmm. to go do stand up comedy. Mm -hmm. But for some reason, it was something that I put on this pedestal mm -hmm. that I never touched it. I always thought that's yeah. unattainable. That's mm -hmm. I'm not good enough for that, or yeah. there are people that are better suited for that. And instead, I did. I played a lot of music. I played music through college, and mm -hmm. and so that itch to perform in front of people yeah. was scratched yeah. by doing music. <laughs> so fast forward, I get to mattress firm. I kind of stop doing music. I go, and I was living in Florida at the the first time they let us do the luncheon, which I think was in D.C. Yes, yeah, because that was before I was there. But I think okay. it was, yeah, I think DC was the first time. You, they, I think you were with the company. You just weren't in your. Yeah, I, I was selling beds. Yeah, I was because uh, you started before me. I started in 2012. Right, uh, is when I started, and I was slinging springs, as they like to call it, uh, slinging sprang. Yeah, yeah. So yeah, <laughs> but yeah, DC was the first uh, one that I remember somebody telling me y'all were doing like all that stuff. Okay, and so that was Derek and I, and we did. 10 minutes yeah. of, of jokes. Mm -hmm. And it was all company-centric stuff. It wasn't yeah. uh, getting up there and doing, I guess, what I would call regular stand-up material. Um, that lit a fuse. Yeah. Okay? But I still didn't do much with it. Yeah. It wasn't until, I guess, either it was L.A. or San Antonio, maybe San Antonio, mm -hmm. where we noticed that we had this guy that worked for us named Alan, mm -hmm. who had been with the company like a couple of years, but just yeah. kind of quiet dude that kept to himself. Oh, yeah. You, like, he's the guy, like, if you're watching a movie and it's a murder movie, like a horror movie, you're thinking, oh, that has to be the killer. Like, <laughs> <laughs> he just had that look to him sometimes. Like, you yeah. would him like, man, I don't know if I should talk to him because I don't know if he's going to, like, he, say hi. He's, or if he's got, like, a, yeah, he's got, like, an Edgar Allan Poe vibe. <laughs> yes. and uh, He's really nice, though. He's a cool guy. I love him. <laughs> Alan, as it turns out, is a very accomplished Mm-hmm stand-up performer he's been doing it for God, like almost 20 years because he performed in san antonio that was what it was i remember that when they brought him on or i remember announcing him and then i remember with the stand-up like i found it funny because his seems very dry at times it's super dry and i have a good buddy of mine who's very dry sense of humor that cracks me up so yeah. i know a lot of things he said you would hear like oh and i'm like <laughs> and I'm, sitting here, I'm like in the bag with my microphone trying not to laugh into it going <laughs> and that's that's like my favorite <laughs> style of comedy because it's uh, I just can't do it I can't yeah. if I try to do dry I come off as either mean or <laughs> uh, dumb maybe <laughs> yeah and Alan's so good at it he mm -hmm. is he is he really is like uh, I don't know if I'm, if you're watching this and you get a chance to go watch Alan Adams uh, perform anywhere I highly recommend it dude's hilarious he and I started talking and mm -hmm. started becoming good friends leading up to that bed talks yeah and I would kind of bemoan to Alan mm -hmm. how much I was jealous that he had done stand-up for so long. Yeah. Over and over saying stuff, man, I wish I could go do this. I wish I could do stand-up, da 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 yeah. And Alan, being like as dry as he is, <laughs> straight up just goes, 
Okay, why don't you? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> He's not going to do sugarcoat it. He's going to say, like, so do it. <laughs> and Yeah. And, dude, for some reason, that was the little push. Mm-hmm. It sucked all the glory yeah. out of it or all that... that yeah. allure that I had put it up against and like the pedestal that it was on yeah. all of a sudden it, it became ground level and became this thing that I thought maybe he's right maybe I could do this yeah. and Alan was super cool he's like come with me we'll go to the joke joint here in South Houston which was an old comedy club mm-hmm. he says come with me on a Wednesday they do a workshop and then they do an open mic you can workshop jokes you can get that'll be your first time to get on stage you'll be in front of other comics yeah but that's the impo- that's the point of it is other comics meet there and they try stuff out yeah and then the open mic is you get to try stuff out again but you get to do it in front of an audience yeah. there and so I got there I think before that I had went and watched a couple of open mics with Alan um, and the, op- the open mics helped to seal the deal too because you see people doing really really well yeah and you're going holy cow that's awesome and then you mm-hmm. see people that you can tell they're starting out or they're new and they're yeah. not doing as good mm-hmm. and it was when I saw those people that's when I was again same kind of thing it was that reassurance of okay I might be able to do this I know yeah. I can't do yeah. mattress firm jokes <laughs> you know like yeah. I, I can't just get up there and because they and, won't understand yeah like, I can't, are, I can't unless you work for mattress firm you're not going to know I'm not going to get up there and be like oh, it's a Tim Baker's hair huh? you know <laughs> and everybody's going to know what I'm talking about as you see I'm laughing people um, are watching or listening going what Tim <laughs> you're out there change your hair um, you look dumb so <laughs> so uh, I love you though it's coming from a good place <laughs> This whole this whole podcast will turn into a Tim Baker intervention. Let's call him. <laughs> hey Tim, it's been three years. Is your hair still dumb? Okay. <laughs> no. Um, so I I still remember I got up and my my very first open mic it went bad, but I still got some laughs. Yeah. There was not many people there. Maybe six or seven people in the audience, which is what I was expecting. I didn't yeah. think it was going to be. Yeah, you're not expecting like a sold out arena type show. Yeah, it's, yeah. It's an open mic. Like, yeah. I know what an open mic is. Mm-hmm. I'd done those when I played music, so I, <laughs> I knew that much of what to expect. And I also knew that like people probably are going to be half listening anyway. Yeah. People were more attentive in comedy open mics than at music open mics, which mm-hmm. was cool. But I got laughs, and that was just enough to where I went, yeah, okay. That was kind of the, if everything else was the nudge, the nudge, the nudge, the fuse was lit, that was the explosion of the dynamite. And after that, I started to go out more and more and more Mm -hmm. and do open mics and start to write jokes and start to figure out how to write jokes and how to really kind of craft this and work on a stage presence. And now, fast forward to today, I've been doing stand-up for like four years. Mm -hmm. It's it's pretty much a really big part of my life at this point. Um, To the point where I... I do enough shows and I get paid for it mm-hmm. that I consider it a part-time job. Yeah. I don't consider it... I don't want it to just be a hobby. Yeah. Um, I want to take it a little more serious than than that. Yeah. And so, I, I yeah, I, I work at it. I, I, I try to put in enough effort. I try to make it a good experience. I try to, like, value my audience yeah. mm-hmm. and give them a good show when, they, yeah. when they're there. And um, it's, it's interesting. It's kind of an obsession a little bit. You <laughs> Which know? Is, that's good, though. It's a good obsession. Good. Yeah, I mean, it's, it's, um, it's, a, good, it's a really good creative outlet. Mm-hmm. And I love the process of it. I've really mm-hmm. fallen in love with the writing yeah. of jokes and the rewriting and the revision. I was in college. I was an English major. So creative writing yeah. has kind of always been a part of what I liked. And this is... It, everything just kind of fell into place yeah. pretty well. So that's that's how I got my start into comedy. 
Well, I feel like it's like with anything that, especially if it's something you're passionate about, there's always going to be trial and error. You know, it's always going to be, like you said, they'll be Mike Nike. Okay, I got a few laughs. feel like I can do this. Okay, what could I do differently next time? And right. And do it next time and the next time and so forth and so forth. And I mean, it's like with me, with the podcast or anything I do or anybody does, you, you're going to try it out. And because what I remember was... You're doing great, by the way. Oh, thank you. Thank you. <laughs> yeah, I had you on the show. I, that's I, right. I, yeah, I got you on the show. You better, better now. Yeah, yeah, that's right. You, you, be, you better say that shit. <laughs> <laughs> I, I will bleep it out. If you, you say this podcast yeah, in post-production, <laughs> what did he say, man? He said some filthy words, man. I don't know. <laughs> Inappropriate. He's never coming back. <laughs> but I remember... Um, so yeah, I remember. So I remember San Antonio, obviously doing like you and Derek doing some things, and then I want to say, oh man, I know it was before Houston. We did our Houston conference, but I think you had a show over here by us where I live, um, over off Fu- uh, Fuquay. Um, yeah, that's the joke. That's where the joke joint is. That where the joke joint is? is? Okay, yeah. I, I was blanking on the name. I don't know why. And I remember you did like a small. Like I remember you invited a small group of people from work to come. Because okay. you were performing that night. Right. I, I know it was like me and Megan yep. and a couple other people from work that you said, hey, I get these tickets. Would you want to come? And we we're like, yeah, absolutely. Cause I, and I can't remember if that was before or after Houston, but I remember thinking to myself, like, okay, one, he's funny with you on stage. He says some funny stuff. When me and him are talking, kind of like what we are now, you and I always just shoot the shit and joke because I think yeah. you and I have a very similar sense of humor. For sure. And so I think, which is why I, I laugh at a lot of things you say. And so I thought, okay, I definitely want to go, sh- one, show him support, and two, I want to see how well he does, and then if he doesn't do well, hey, that's fine, I'm still showing him support, but if he does well, I'll be like, I was there. <laughs> y'all know, have way. come out to, y'all have been probably some of the better friends in terms of coming out to shows. No. Um, and that is hella appreciated. Yeah, of course. Yeah, because like y'all, y'all got, y'all saw me early <laughs> and I can, I can confidently say I'm, I'm better now. Yes. I, I don't know if good is the word. Well, I, I know use. a few years ago we went to one that was in Houston. It was like at a house or it was like, uh, what was the, oh, what was it? It was like a, cause I think Sam Woods was there. Was that Rudyard's the I, bar? I think so. But it's like a little, it's like a house out there in Midtown or yeah, something it's like that. Uh, yeah, yeah. Oh no, no, no. You came oh, to no, PJ's. PJ's. Okay. You came to PJ's. Yeah. Oh yeah. That might and I remember, but no, I remember going there and I, and I remember thinking to myself like your jokes were different than what we heard last time and everything else and so um, that's such a that's such a I, I, like oh my god if anybody <laughs> out there is learning like thinking about doing comedy do not invite people to open mics <laughs> wait sit on it wait till you get a good show yeah like that's why so many people will come to an open mic and be like dude this is not for me like good luck to you yeah love you bud yeah have at it you know yeah, i know what we came to was an open mic i know that was like an actual it was a show it was a showcase show but still such a shitty venue <laughs> um yeah because yeah that one was i don't think that or maybe it was an open mic i don't remember no but, i remember uh, it was one of the shows that they had there it was but, like an early show and i had tickets and yeah yeah and i just remember we, we went there but i so i remember going to those shows and then i remember in houston our final conference which we kind of felt like it was gonna be the last one we didn't know for sure uh but the last one was here in houston and i remember they let you do your stand-up what they call what was it bed talks after dark after yeah it was after dark or after hours after hours something something, like, something yeah. called like that and that's and where we got to show all the videos yes that year yeah and do real material yes yeah, yeah. and i remember you got to get on stage and present and i <laughs> and i remember some people were like oh yeah we're like yeah you need to go see dan go see dan and like, I, fa- bro, I, I know all those jokes. <laughs> yeah. Well, and I, here's the thing. I remember. I've I think, seen it. Well, you got to think. We're only there for like what three or four days, where everybody's in town, 
And so it was optional, but a lot of people still turned out, I think, if I remember correctly. Yeah, we didn't make it those. a required thing. This was the, the, the communication was... It was like at 10 o'clock at night or something like that. It was like at 10 like o'clock yeah. at night, but everybody had their free time. So people could go out and drink. They mm -hmm. could go uh, to a restaurant. They could go yeah. swim, whatever. You could go to sleep. <laughs> Yeah. But it was like, if you want something to do, yeah. collect. And I went to both nights, even though it was to, the same routine. I still went to both because I was yeah, like, well, one, it's fun. Two and, nights. And, that, and to me, and people were like, weren't you here the other night? I was like, yeah, it's my buddy. I, like, he still ah, texts me up. That's awesome. I, I appreciate go, he, that. I, I know his jokes. Cause, and I think, I want to say, I think I made a bet with somebody, which I think I lost, if I remember correctly. I was like, I bet you he does a Fast and Furious joke. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> which Because you had done that a couple of times, and then I was like, okay, he's going to do it. And I don't think you did. I was like, damn it, he didn't do his Fast and Furious joke. I probably I, just <laughs> forgot. It was probably, <laughs> it was probably like in my, in my little set list that I made and just slipped my mind yeah. at that time. That was one of the – that's uh, I still tell that joke. That was one of like the earlier jokes that I wrote that I think got a good pop, like yeah. a good laugh from people. Well, because – and I think because that's definitely a joke that everybody – is either seen at least the first few Fast and Furiouses. Right. And then, even if they haven't seen the millions that have happened after the, like, the second one, they still know they're there, and usually they'll see the poster and it says, Family. We're all, or One Last Ride. One, yeah, something like that, right? Like, <laughs> so if they haven't seen the movie, they know the tagline. <laughs> I forgot about that tagline. Because of the trailers or whatever. One Last Ride. One yeah. <laughs> Every time. Every like, time. How many last rides do you have, <laughs> yeah. Vin Diesel? Well, it funny joke so i think new material supposedly they're going to space no <laughs> supposedly here's the thing my wife and i will go watch the movies because now it's so ridiculous we're like all right well now i'm just gonna kind of, i'm invested like what's gonna happen they have to keep like one up yes. supposedly they're going to space i don't know if it's with this one or the next one but apparently the last one's gonna be the 11th one i think or something like that which i think they're about to air the ninth one these are like the know. jason movies in yes. the 80s like the friday the 13th <laughs> movies who even did a space one? <laughs> they they did Jason, Jason X. goes Jason to space. X. It was Jason X. I remember. I think and that was in the mid nineties. It's atrocious. Oh yeah, it's a, it's a huge piece of shit. It movie. is. Yeah. It is. It is. Ah. Oh my god. So there you go. I just helped you with new material. <laughs> <laughs> Copyright Ryan Gentile. Space Force. <laughs> we uh, one last space ride. One last. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, I can't. See, I'm funny. I just can't be a comedian. You could. Uh, uh, God, I don't know if I can do stand-up. Actually, I, so you talked about bucket lists. I love that you brought that up with the whole comedic thing because I know, um, you know, one of mine is I want to I wanna audition for, like, a movie or a TV show. Hell yeah. Just just find it and go audition and just yeah. see what happens. And obviously, I'm... I, find I, out what stunts they want to do beforehand. <laughs> <laughs> well, if they go, hey, can you do stunts? Can you do ninja work? Yes, yeah. I can. <laughs> I got some. I gotta. I, I gotta find it. Just but get, I got some get, make sure you like your SAG registered before then, <laughs> so your insurance is covered. Yes, exactly. Yeah, yeah I'm like, yeah, I have been a ninja. That is for sure. But uh, but yeah, so that's that's on a bucket list of mine. So I love that you brought that up with the bucket list thing. So when it comes to comedy, so you like you said, it's now like a part time job. So now that that's off your bucket list, when it comes to comedy, is there another bucket list that you're like, okay, now that I've kind of established myself and I'm doing pretty well. Is there something now that you're like? What's the next step in comedy that you're maybe trying to get to one day, if ever? Yeah. So there's there are there's tiers. There's pro, there's kind of clear progressions in, in comedy. There's stages. When you're first starting out, your mile your first milestone, I mm -hmm. guess, would be um, get, get a good five minutes. Yeah. And it sounds when you first hear it, you go, "Come on, it can't be very long at all." That is an incredibly daunting task. Yes, it is. Early on, uh -huh. there are there are comics that I'll talk to who get very analytical, and they'll break down a five minute set 
and track laughs per minute. Oh, wow. Which means the total amount of punchlines that you tell and you get people laughing in it. Wow. And that's the metric wow. that they use. Okay. So if in a five-minute set, if I've got five laughs, or if I've got, let's say, two laughs per minute mm -hmm. in a five-minute set, that means I'm telling a joke every 30 seconds. That's not bad. Okay. If I can tell a full yeah. joke and get a punchline in 30 seconds, boom, I'm good. Where a lot of people struggle, I think, is they try to do story-based yeah. things. Yeah. And one of the lessons I learned early on from Alan, who does a lot of just mm -hmm. short jokes, and I do a mm -hmm. lot of short jokes, yeah. I probably... I probably ripped Alan off <laughs> more than should I, I should have. He should, was, should, should I don't that break that. No, <laughs> fuck it. Uh, good artist borrow, great artist steal. All right. I'm not like Carlos Mencia in my way through it and just like straight up, like totally lifting his jokes. But I, I, I watched him and I took a lot of influence from you're, his you're style paying, and the way he did it. It's homage. That's right. Wow. And <laughs> so what the people that I see that do the more story based stuff. Yeah. It's tough because they they tr they want to build and build and build to get to this. Mm -hmm. And the lesson I learned is the longer you make an audience wait mm -hmm. before you drop a punchline on them or give them something to laugh at, yeah. the stronger that hook has to be, the stronger the punchline has to be. Yeah. Because otherwise they're going to get bored and they're going to stop listening. Yeah. And their attention spans are nothing. Oh, yeah. Which is why people go for that laughs per minute. Yeah. And why, as a writer you have to really revise and work on yep. and get to that point where you build your five minutes. So from there it goes, it's it sort of incrementally grows in five minutes until you get to yeah. 25, 30. And then f for some reason, the milestone jumps from, all right, so I've got a, what mm -hmm. they call a tight five or a hot five. Yeah. got a good solid five minutes that if you give me a guest spot anywhere, I'll do these jokes in five minutes and mm -hmm. I will get, it will be a good set. Mm -hmm. It's a really good beginning yeah. milestone. Then I've got a tight 10 minutes. Yeah. My tight 10 minutes is solid. I'm going to do these jokes. Mm -hmm. It's it's kind of standard and everything. Then I've got a tight 15, tight 20, tight 25, tight 30. Yeah. Then it goes from tight 30 to headliner. <laughs> okay? <laughs> Which is... Yeah. So typically the way comedy clubs will book mm -hmm. and produce their shows... Um, there are So that's your milestone in writing. Yeah. Uh, so right now I'm, I'm right at like the 30 minute. Mm -hmm. I've got a good 30 minute feature set yeah. and I call it a feature set and I'll explain what that is here in just a second. Okay. And I'm sorry if I'm being real elementary here. I'm assuming that like a lot of people that are listening are like, what's comedy? Or <laughs> so hey, you might have somebody who's like, I want to be a comedian. Okay. And they're like, how the hell do I become a comedian? They're about to learn. You're about to drop some fucking So this knowledge. is, the, the, the trick is how you get started is you just go. You, you kind of have to just yeah. go and start signing up mm -hmm. and start working on jokes. You'll learn your style. You'll learn when sort of your natural evolution of it. There's no, there's, there are some books. I tried to read one once and it didn't do me very much good yeah. on, here's how to write comedy. There's workshops you can do. They're kind of a waste of time. But I feel it's, like comedy is like, writing comedy would be like, yeah, that book's probably good for that one person, maybe a few, but like, because everybody's different. I exactly. Say, right? okay. And everybody's style is, yeah. is different and unique to them. And some of it's just figuring out your voice. Yeah. So similarly to if I were a playwright or if I were mm -hmm. writing a movie or feature film or sitcom, some of it's going to have a tone. It's going to have my yeah. voice to it. And once you find what that is, you, you kind of you start to write to that. Yeah. So the way comedy clubs book their shows, and here in Houston we've got the Improv is really our only one right now, and it's, it's open. 
they'll book an MC, they'll book a feature, and they'll yeah. book a headliner. So every time you go to a comedy show at a club, you'll see three comics perform. Mm -hmm. The host and MC of the event does about 15 minutes of material. They're yeah. typically the newest comics. So again, yeah. for me, another milestone with that was, yeah. ah, what, first time I got to host at a comedy club yeah. was a big deal for me. Yeah. I got really lucky because I got to host for uh, Tim Reynolds. Not Tim Reynolds, Tim Meadows. Oh, nice. Oh, uh, yeah. Tim Reynolds is a guitar player for Dave Matthews. <laughs> he wasn't there. Tim Meadows was in town, I and I just happened to get booked for that one. I remember you telling me about that. Yeah, yeah. It's super cool. He's a very nice guy, but that's that's... After that, I had something that I could kind of have on my verbal resume, mm -hmm. which was I've worked with this guy. He's, uh, he's, and well, you were very well known. Yeah, obviously. yeah, yeah. And and I do think that they would not have let me work that weekend had they thought I couldn't do it. Exactly. So there's, it's it carries a lot of uh, gravitas to it. Yeah. Even if that was just the month that you got chosen, yeah. still means you're chosen. We're confident in you, no matter who's. Headline. Like they had you booked, and then all of a sudden he's coming in. They're like, "Okay, who's? Oh, we're, Dan. Okay, Dan, yeah, we're, we're good. good. We we're don't good. need to change yeah, yeah. this out because they would have." <laughs> I hosted for a long time, built it up. You're you're doing about 15 minutes. Now I'm at a point where I'm starting to feature, yeah. and the feature act is you're in the middle. You're setting it up for the headliner. You're, yeah. you're the crowd is warmed up, but you're you're there to build it up, yeah. so that the headliner comes in and has a good set. Um, and then after that, you start to headline. Now, while I'm featuring, I, um, I'm setting a little other personal goals for myself. Mm -hmm. One of them is uh, starting to branch out of Houston. Yeah. I wanted to okay. work more out of town. Nice. And 2020, surprisingly, has been decent for me with that. Okay. Um, I've gotten to do shows in Corpus Christi. I've gotten to do shows in College Station, and nice. I've gotten to do shows on the outskirts of Austin. Yeah. So next, I want to go. I want to hit San Antonio hard once we get yeah. through everything, and once we yeah. and I want to hit Austin. Yeah. Pretty hard, and then I want to go back east mm -hmm. and do more stuff in Louisiana. Um, they've got some some stuff going on in Lake Charles, yeah. Lafayette. Louisiana has surprisingly like a really tight. I mean, the name's Lafayette. I mean, you think it Lafayette, bro? I mean, like, <laughs> I mean, I, I'm kind of pissed that I hadn't thought of that. <laughs> and that's like, your second one. Yeah. Like, Damn, Ryan's giving me some good shit here. Fast space, one, one last space ride. Space, Lafayette. Yeah, the fast and the space furious. And then you don't even have to pay me. Just give me free tickets to the show. That's all I ask. <laughs> done. Sold. I need people to go anyway. <laughs> I'll drive you there. I'll, 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 go, I'll bring you. I'll have my mask with your face on it. God, dude. <laughs> Just to throw you off on the front row, and you're like, damn it, Ryan, now I gotta, I can't, hold on, I gotta come back out and try again. There's, uh, <laughs> so right now, there is there is one open mic, and it's kind of jarring because they put up a big shield for oh, the comics to yeah. stand behind, and it's yeah. transparent, but you can see your reflection. Yeah, which is weird. And I, it's so weird because like all I see is myself, <laughs> and I can't quite see the crowd because the lights are coming at me. Yeah, it's yeah. At this one spot, and it's, it's like, all right, <laughs> I'll still do the jokes, but it's, it's just very odd. I keep going because I'm like, I feel like I feel like there's something to learn from that. Like it's on some level a yeah. good hurdle to overcome. Yeah. Uh, well, if you can overcome that, then once things get back to normal, I mean, and I can actually see people, take, yeah, take it's good. That you, uh, I hope you incorporate that into your sets. Like I can't see anybody. Did anybody laugh at that? I tried. I tried, but nobody knew they could see that because they don't see your reflection. They oh, that's true. They don't know that you can't see. Yeah. And so I, yeah, yeah. I, I, I like I've tried to make like one little joke about it the first time I did it, and nobody responded. And I was like, all right, you know, moving on. <laughs> So, so I, I have to ask then. So, 
how many times, or I mean, I guess not how many times, but when you're trying out new jokes and it falls flat, is it like dead on arrival once <laughs> that happens? Or is it something like, okay, maybe it just didn't work with this crowd. I'll try it one more time. Or like, how does that it, usually happen? It depends. Okay. Uh, and, and some of it depends on how much I like the joke. Gotcha. Um, if I, if there's, there's more than a few times where I've written a joke mm -hmm. and the moment it leaves my lips, yeah. regardless of the audience, I go, uh, I don't like that. It does, it doesn't fit my style or it's just not something I want to tell yeah. anymore. For some reason it's, it's gone. So I, yeah. I'll, I'll toss those pretty quickly. Yeah. Maybe I may tell them once or twice. Yeah. If it's a joke that I really feel like has legs and has some promise to it, has some mm -hmm. potential, if it doesn't work that first time, I'll continue to work on it. Yeah. And I'll try to either rewrite it or I'll try to put it in a different order okay. of stuff. There's a really great scene that influenced me early on in a, in a documentary called Comedian with Jerry Seinfeld. Okay. The whole point of the documentary is it's Jerry after Seinfeld the show ended mm -hmm. when he started to get his yeah. comedy career going. And I remember watching this back when comedy was still on my bucket list thing mm -hmm. and thinking this was one of those things that made me feel like this was a daunting yeah. enterprise. Yeah. There's a scene where Seinfeld goes to whatever club in New York. He performs his set. He comes off and he's, they're interviewing him and he's, you can tell he's kind of bummed. Yeah, he didn't, he didn't feel it. He wasn't feeling yeah. it. And they said, what is it? He goes, well, I've got these two jokes and they're not working and I don't know there's this should work. Why like is he it knows they're funny, but people aren't laughing. Exactly. Okay. It's okay. not getting the response he knows it deserves. Yeah. The next night he goes up, does the same two jokes, but switches the order. And all of a sudden, yeah, it, it clicks and okay. it hits. And so there's a lot of the trial and error with comedy and with jokes is, is not only am I writing it, am I rewriting it? Am I getting the right verbiage? Yeah. But also where does this belong in relationship to the other jokes? Yeah. And is there, is it too jarring? Is it too much of a non sequitur? Or is yeah. it, I mean, there's a zillion different variables. That's yeah. the part of the thing that I love about it now. Yeah. The thing that used to intimidate me the most going in is now the thing that I love is, is fiddling with it yeah. and getting it to a point, right? So if there's a joke that I feel like is good and has that, mm, I really want to try to iron this yeah. out, I'll rewrite it three or four times if by the three or fourth time yeah. it doesn't get the response that i want i shelve it yeah and i might come back to it I, I i organize the way that i write my jokes um based on month and year okay and so they're all in notes in my phone <laughs> but i'll go once every now and again if i'm having some writer's block or whatever yeah. i'll go look at okay here's march 2018 and I can look, and it's a good record of this is what I was writing then. This is where I yeah. was at the time. Some of it's just ideas. Some yeah. of it's jokes that I tell still. But I'll, I can take something there, and sometimes yeah. that'll be the just amount of the time difference that I need to where I'll go, there it is. And I've had yeah. more than a couple of times where I go, that's what the punchline should be. Yeah. I know now. Okay. And who knows why, right? Yeah. <laughs> but it works for whatever reason. But it works. then it works. And then it's so invigorating because... I've got this this excitement to that to go in and tell the jokes. Yeah. Um, there are, there's a couple of jokes that there's some jokes that I write where uh, I'll be really excited to tell it because I think it's a funny idea. Mm -hmm. There's somewhere um, I've had this happen too where I'll write the joke and and you know every joke is is at its core two parts yeah. a setup and a punchline. Okay. Right. So knock knock, <laughs> that's the setup. Yeah. Right. 
who's there mm -hmm. is part of the setup. And then the punchline is, orangey yeah. glad I didn't say banana or whatever. <laughs> the, you caught, you know, I'm going to talk your ear off on this. I'm Dude, sorry. Uh, that's the point. <laughs> I get way too. That's I, the I, point. I podcast. Too soapbox about comedy. <laughs> I've had jokes before where the setup Mm -hmm. ends up being the part that the audience laughs at the most. Oh, okay. And I went, oh, <laughs> you laughed at that. Yeah. That, I wasn't <laughs> intending you to, but okay. All and right. then, then you work with the order and you change. Yeah. You, so you switch it around and you make that sentence or that part of it, mm -hmm. the punchline, and you kind of reverse engineer it from yeah. there. So you go, okay, so now I have this punchline. You're laughing at this. How do I get to that destination from yeah. a starting point? And you kind of figure where it is from there. Um, so it, it sounds like because I uh, I love watching TV shows and I love you know and I still buy DVDs of TV shows. Well, I haven't done it in a long time, but the reason I like buying the DVDs is because I like watching behind the scenes, like the table reads or like oh, I love that or, yeah. the, or like they're live performing in front of the audience and writers are making changes on the spot because the crowd's maybe not responding to a joke, right? And things. So it sounds like. Comedy is literally like almost writing like a TV script, and then as you're on stage, you're making the adjustment as you go. Yeah, in a way. Yeah, some comics are are better on stage; they're better performers than me, and they'll get up there without a lot of script mm -hmm. and just start talking and yeah. see where the moment takes them. And they'll like verbally, they'll audio uh, record their set mm -hmm. so they can go back and listen to that and say, "Okay, did I say something that got funny?" And then they'll take that and reverse engineer it. Gotcha. I'm a little more. You have more structure. I have. I have to find. I have to yeah. have that little structure. That's how I get confidence on yeah. stage. Um, you know, we when I played music, the confidence. I, I was always very nervous until we got through the first song. Yeah. Uh, and after that, I was fine. And playing music, you're one of four. You're one of five. Yeah, you're not. You're not there by yourself. You've got a little more anonymity. Mm -hmm. Yeah, stand up. It's just you. Yeah. So I'm. I'm always very nervous when I perform stand up until I get that first good laugh, yeah. and then I'm more comfortable. But even yeah. then, I need yeah. the structure. I need to have it rehearsed and organized because it's that's the presentation that I want to mm -hmm. have. I can't just get up there and wing it. I'll mm -hmm. ad lib a little bit, but okay. not like some other people do. And I forgot where I was going with that. <laughs> <laughs> you didn't have your structure. I didn't have you your structure. We were no, we were talking about writing and oh, so the the sort of yep. sitcom analogy. Yeah, yeah. The yeah, so it's it's a little like like Saturday Night Live does it, where they do a dress rehearsal, yeah, and then before the show they'll cut stuff, they'll reorganize stuff, or they'll yeah. change jokes and rewrite yeah. punchlines. The beauty part about stand up is you get infinite tries, yeah, before or after a performance. So yeah. uh, a Saturday Night Live episode or a sitcom that's taped live, once that one is finished, it's in the bag, it's in the can, it's done. Yeah. With stand-up, you get a lot of repetition because you're constantly getting to perform in front of a new audience. Yeah, it's not the same people every night. So you get to yeah. you get to continue to work on your jokes. Yeah. And what I like is like I had a joke. The I did a show not too long ago in Lake Jackson, way down south, and I did a joke that's probably about two and a half years old. Mm -hmm. And it's a joke that I'm very proud of. It's one of it's one of my old jokes, and it's got a good like strong first punchline, mm -hmm. and then it's got like three extra punchlines after that. Yeah. And the headlining comic, who's a guy I respect a lot, was there, and he goes, "Hey, what if you said this?" And it was like this perfect like light bulb just boom, like, yeah. oh! And it's it's uh, it's a callback to another joke that I have, mm -hmm. and I was like, oh my god, that's great! So now I have 
four good punchlines <laughs> to go with this joke, yeah. which is uh, that's that's the dream, right? It's yeah. it's just laughs, 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 and it's been working. So here's here's a good example of a joke that's two and a half, three years old that I thought could have been done, yeah. and now I get to continue to add to it. Yeah. It's a little like George Lucas <laughs> <laughs> with <the> Star Wars. <laughs> This you is, know, this he's constantly tinkering and changing two stuff. Two years ago, this was my episode five, and then like, there were six and seven. Now I'm going to go back to one. He's like, you know, look, I put some <laughs> bad CGI in, but now I'm going to go back, I'm going to fix all that. And this, sometimes you're like, can I just watch the original? He's like, no, it doesn't exist, bro. Yeah, <laughs> yeah so uh, your jokes are not going to have Jar Jar in them. There so, like, go. yeah, so, so <laughs> like a good example of that is when you, when you brought up the Fast and the Furious thing, for whatever reason, the evolution of that joke, I had stopped doing that tag yeah. about one last ride and I think I think the reason why I stopped it was because um, I in the larger set it goes into a different yeah. bit after that and it was I found it was an easier transition if I didn't do that yeah. punchline oh yeah um, but it's cool because now you're reminding me of it I'm like oh now but, 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 now I'm getting that that but, instinct to go could I work it back in and how yeah because you've been doing it for so long I feel like jokes and again, and correct me if I'm wrong here, but the way you're describing everything, I hear it as, okay, I have this list of jokes that I've done. Like you said, you have all this material that you're like, okay, here's my stuff that I don't do anymore or it doesn't work anymore, you know, but after a few years, it's like, oh, but wait a minute, maybe because now things have changed or now I right. can add this to it because I know more now than what I did then to where I, maybe I can shift that joke where it's still the same but add to it and stuff like that. You know what I mean? It's like yes. kind of like, you know, the That's whole, exactly um, right. it's like how we, everybody always talks about how fashion usually comes back. Like right now, the nineties fashion is kind of coming back a little bit. You know what I mean? Cause like now we're going back to it. I actually, <laughs> I, I got an ad on my phone for Jinkos. Yes. <laughs> and I was like this close, dude. I was so close to pulling the trigger. I was I like, I need you to buy FUBU is what I need you to buy. I, I'll, <laughs> let's wear some fucking, <laughs> let's get some starter jackets. <laughs> oh, I still have this. I have so I, I have my sports starter jacket of the San Francisco 49ers. Okay, my mom found it and she gave it to me. It is Does in the it closet. Still fit? Uh, I haven't I haven't tried it on. I don't. Oh, know. Oh yeah, get that on. I'm sure. Yeah. I don't know if it will, but maybe. Bro, start wearing know. a starter jacket this winter. <laughs> I guarantee you, like people will be like, "Oh shit, we we'll get some Zubaz." <laughs> Let me know when your next show is. I will show up wearing a starter jacket. Dude, I just think how hilarious would it be for me to be like 40 years old, fucking kicking it with some Jinkos on? Yeah. <laughs> Your starter jacket on. Just with outstanding. It. Jinkos and a chain wallet. Uh, be like, so, anyways, I'm married. Yeah. <laughs> the Bugs Bunny shirt with them wearing the, the shirt backwards and everything. The Bugs yes, Bunny. Yes, like the, back, the Space used, Jam. I, like yes, I used to have those. Oh my God. Crisscross style. Yes, I used to rock those. Let oh me ask God. you a question. Did you ever do that? Like, wear your jeans backwards? Like, God, no. no. No, okay. So, I think I tried to put them on one time. <laughs> and because of the bottom line, pretty much hit my nutsack a little too much. I went, eh. So no. hard. Well, because you got to think. I mean, I'm a white dude that is not wearing saggy pants at that time when that was the trend. Yeah. <laughs> so my pants are not tight. So but like up around your head. Yeah, they're like they don't sag. You yeah. know. So I, as I pulled them up, I'm like, what the? F I'm like, oh nope, I ain't doing that. Mac that'll make you. I'm yeah. like, I I'm good. No, yeah, Mac Daddy maybe not have kids. Anymore. I remember it was like I, I did it. I got successfully <laughs> the jeans on backwards for like one day until I had to pee. <laughs> yeah, and then you're like. Well, this is even work. at eight i was like this, this isn't work. worth it this is not worth the effort this is not gonna work oh my god <laughs> so yeah so fashion's coming back in retro yes but well, I, figured, yeah. I, I figured comedy jokes that, that's kind of very similar in a way it is mm -hmm. it is i had a joke that i i dropped from my long set for about a year and 
was going through some old notes not too long ago, and, mm-hmm. I, and I found I went, man, I'm, like, I don't remember why I stopped telling that joke, but I'm going to tell that joke tonight. Yeah. And I went on stage and I told that joke, and it got a good response, and I went, maybe, maybe that's what it. So, I yeah, I love analyzing and kind of deconstructing mm-hmm. why is something working or why is something not yeah. working, because there's always a different factor. It could be me. Could be my performance. It could be an external factor. It could mm-hmm. be the way the order of the jokes. Yep. It could be my mood. It could be the audience's mood. It could be something happened yep. in the news and yep. everybody's in a weird mood. Yeah, you know. I remember maybe the comic before you just rubbed them the wrong could way. Be that yeah. um, that happens sometimes. But yeah. <laughs> well, that. yeah, yeah. There were some shows I remember going to, and I remember we talked to you afterwards, like. So we like so and so and so and so, but that one person. Uh, I've seen. I like. <laughs> Comics have a an ego, man. Like we yeah. think about the kind of, I I, I want to be humble if I can. I want to yeah. yeah. have some humility. Yeah. Even then, I I still recognize it is such a self serving. <laughs> oh, absolutely. Art form. It well, is all about me. Because everything. Because, is, but, you, but you said it though. It's you on stage. It's right. not like you can blame it on the drummer or the guitarist yes. or whoever. It's like it all falls on you. And it's it's. I feel like it's even more. A little bit egotistical than other things yeah. where you're performing and acting you're usually sharing the stage with yeah. somebody if you're a painter it's look at the product of what I did not look yeah. at me yeah yeah very true <laughs> this yeah. is just like yeah it's all about you all about me <laughs> do we need to pause for a second no I'll let, I, I'll let it go I don't care okay we live by an airfield uh, uh, Ellington so we get a lot of and we're inside no, yeah, 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 yeah. This <laughs> obviously is inside my yeah. If you're watching, yeah, this is my back patio. This is right. I, I, I feel like it's a little, it's a little gloomy out today too. And I feel like as we're sitting on the couch, I'm like, welcome to my podcast, Dan. Come sit. I on feel my like couch. we're we're gonna <laughs> we're gonna end it with like a Stuart Smalley. Yeah, we should. Yeah, I'm good enough. I'm smart enough. <laughs> and gosh darn it, people like me. The... <laughs> Just... Oh, total loss. Of I saw a comic there. one time who got mad at the audience and this is where the comic ego comes in the audience wasn't laughing Mm -hmm. as much as he thought he deserved yeah you see those clips and you're just like wow he's like dude he turned on him wow and I was next (laughs) oh Jesus (laughs) and I got up there and I just tried like I said something like I you know I just want to thank y'all for coming uh you know, Did people laugh you at me? chose to spend your time with me, and I'm very appreciative. Yeah, they, that got a good response because I'm not going to bash him yeah, necessarily, yeah. Uh, or be like, "Well, that guy sucks," you know. But like, yeah. if I can address it and change it, and make it okay. Because well, when you're done, he's probably still there. Oh, very. You much. know, yeah. and, and like, bro, what the fuck? Like, yeah. seriously, I'm not trying to. I don't want to start. Yeah, beef. like that's not well. Like, because that well, now if it was the other way around, and he, he might be like, I could see him being the one like, bro, you ruined my set because you did. You know, you you alienated I my could, audience. I could have said that to him. Yeah, exactly. Sure. Like yeah, I feel I like he, come at them with if that the roles were reversed, he would have said that to you. But of course, that's not you because right. you are a very humble person, and that is just not your style. Yeah, and y'all. So same thing. Like y'all came out to a lot, a lot of early shows when it's and the what I found is like early shows when they're booking newer comics, they're booking all of the newer comics. <laughs> Well, they're trying to find like they're yeah, and and sometimes that's just how you have to get your sea legs. Throw shit against the wall and see what sticks. Exactly. A lot of newer comics, I think, fall into this pitfall of people are laughing because I've said something shocking. Mm-hmm. And the real million-dollar question, the hard analyzing, the hard look that you have to take in the mirror is, are they laughing because it's funny or are they laughing because I made them slightly uncomfortable? Oh, yeah, that's a good... 
That's a good thought. I didn't think about that. And even I went through that. I yeah. had a couple of jokes very early <laughs> that I'm embarrassed that I yeah. told. And one of them I, I learned way later on wasn't even like a wholly original idea. It was something that I had heard yeah. years and years before. But even then I was like, oh my God. Like That was bad. Ooh. <laughs> but that was one of the first laughs that I got. So I told it way too long. Because yeah. I was like, yeah. they're laughing. That's the desired result. How, I, how well, I want it. The world we live in now is what is funny now in five years people will find offensive probably which you know is I mean? cool i'm okay you know. with that like, i mean yeah a lot of and that's depending an, on what it is but yeah that's an interesting thing because i think a lot of people want to fight against that mm -hmm. and to me i'm going no that's that's a good challenge okay. to because there there will always be something that is still funny yeah so grow with it and okay. continue to evolve with it yeah i mean Fuck, I don't want to be 50 years old coming out there doing Andrew Dice Clay jokes. <laughs> yeah, that worked for him for a few years and then... Uh, think about uh, how... Yeah, think about how well it worked for him yeah. and how big he was in the 80s. Yeah. I, I, I remember and, seeing him. I had no clue who he was because obviously I couldn't watch that stuff while I was yeah, too young. Yeah. But I just remember he had the leather jacket and the smoking with his hand around it all, all the way. Doing that. And yeah. he did the nat, like the dirty nursery rhymes. Yeah. And it was super gross. Yeah. Like super <laughs> gross. So so <laughs> the the reason why Andrew Dice Clay is a good example is because he never he never grew out of that. You got to evolve. Yes. Had well, he grown out of that and said, yeah. "All right, I'm going to do new kind of material." Yeah. He probably could have kept his career going a little bit better. Yeah. He still performs and he's got an audience, but my goodness, it's it's not oh, it's, it's so it's, far removed from it's, the... It's the audience from the 80s. You know, he's a parody of himself. It, you know? it really it, is. It's yeah. just the people that are like, I want to hear the Dirty Nursery rhyme. Yeah, like, I'm I'm like 70 years old. I laughed back then. I'm going to might as well, let, let's go back. Yeah, and, yeah. and, and dude, it's kind of like, you know, uh, as a horrible comparison, but like really good musicians. Mm -hmm. I'm not like the Beatles, but look at the Beatles. <laughs> okay. <laughs> yeah. All right, so if they just if they had only done "I Want to Hold Your Hand" yeah. over and over again, I would have gotten. I would not be a Beatles fan. Yeah, I want to hear Revolver Beatles. I want to yeah. hear Sgt. Pepper's. I want to hear the White Album. I like their later stuff a lot better. Yeah, that's how they grew. Mm -hmm. And so I'm okay with. There's this weird kind of thing right now. Uh, I hear being brought up a lot with the idea of like cancel culture or. Yeah. You can't make jokes about anything anymore. I'm like yeah. no. Just because you can't joke about that or you shouldn't joke about mm -hmm. that. Yeah. Uh, I say shouldn't because you can, but there will be repercussions. Yes. Is that ultimately a bad thing or does that mean that that's probably a challenge to all of us to be funnier in a better way? Yeah. You know, there's still really funny shows that are coming on. Oh, yeah. Uh, there's still funny movies getting made. Yeah. It's just maybe we have to work a little bit harder. And is that a bad thing? Exactly. Well, and I think in the, the problem with cancel culture is that, you know, people are getting mad about what people said 10 years ago and it's like well they're not the same people they were 10 years ago and they've evolved just like society's evolved where yeah we know that's not funny anymore so maybe we don't we don't say that anymore and that's a different that's, yeah, yeah that's, that's a different thing and i agree with you 100 percent on yeah. that yeah give people the chance for redemption and growth exactly or they, maybe they've already done it maybe they already apologized i know the kevin hart thing was like a huge thing yeah you know where he's like look i've already apologized for this i've already done these things that was from like nine years ago I've already said what I had to say about that, so why is this all of a sudden now a problem? Right. You know, and, and I, I got his side of things, and that's where I think I got upset about, like, okay, that's just dumb for them to get upset about that, but hey, teach their own. There's uh, a weird there's a weird social thing, yeah. and it's it's fewer people than I know personally. I don't, mm -hmm. I don't know face-to-face, -face, like a lot of people that, that really enjoy this, no. but a collective subgroup of society, 
that we love nothing more than to see a fall from grace. Oh, how much? 100%. And I think that's more of what cancel culture is about. Mm-hmm. It serves that kind of, there's something about the drama yeah. of it that we feed off of in a yep. very unhealthy way. Yep. Because what it causes for us to do is to go back and look at things from 10 years ago and be like, oh, you said this, you're next on the chopping block. Well, and especially because, you know, now with these, you could look at it anytime. Right. You know, you could literally go back and say, oh, yeah, I know exactly what you said 10 years ago yeah. and everything else. And so, which it, it, it makes me think of, you know, uh, uh, mis- you know, a Batman. You know, you live, either you die the hero or you live long enough to become the villain. And right on. For a lot of people in, you know, Kevin Hart was one of them. Ellen DeGeneres, like a lot of these now people that people adore, people are like, oh no, there has to be something wrong. Let's find it. Yeah. Or maybe there was something wrong and they exposed it and there we go. And, and that's, that's the, the exposing something really wrong, I'm okay with. Like, yes. let's get, uh, I'll use Louis C.K. as an example. Yeah. Not that upset that he's canceled. No. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> right? Absolutely. Um, Absolutely. There's just certain things you don't, you probably shouldn't yeah. do. And I think, I think eat, uh, power and, and a lot of that comes in terms. And the Louis thing's interesting because a lot of comics wanted to defend him. And I'm a big, like, separate the art from the artist kind of yes. person. I can still go back and watch a Louis C.K. special and probably think it's very funny. Yeah. You know, if you can't separate art from the artist, don't listen to any music ever. Oh, absolutely. Uh, don't, you know, like, 100%. not even like Mozart. Go watch yeah. Amadeus and tell me he wasn't a <laughs> son of a bitch. Uh, yeah. <laughs> That's. But there's, but the way our culture is now is there's a, there's a, there's no, there is no separation. Yeah. It's the person making art, that's the product. Yeah. Just as much as the product, the art itself is the product. Yeah. And it's sort of the Paris Hilton, Kim Kardashian mm-hmm. paved the way for that. Yeah. So, so that lends itself into, if we don't like something you said as a person, now we can't support your art. And, and yeah. that's an interesting, it's an interesting thing. I don't have really an opinion on it a whole 100 one way or the other yeah. um because it just is it's yeah. just the nature of the beast right now it's the way the world's evolving and it's like okay we got i mean we could hate it all we want but that's where it's going well what i hope is what i hope happens is that we collectively yeah. understand that it, it won't be a lucid decision that we make uh, as a society it'll it'll just have to be something a, kind of like a collective hive understanding that happens yeah. where we we recognize that okay we have to allow people a chance for forgiveness yeah uh otherwise yeah we're gonna be in trouble yep if they if it's something that warrants forgiveness yeah i'm not uh you know i'll, I'll forgive like a Louis C.K. on a personal level, which you'll never forget. But yeah, maybe maybe don't do stand up. Yeah, maybe try to you, you know get a job as a writer, something like that. Be a yeah. better person. But yeah. uh, I don't know. And you see, there I'm I'm kind of falling into a self contradiction because <laughs> yeah. I realize what I just said about separating the art and the artist. So it's <laughs> a, it's a go. weird thing. I don't know. You but know. And it's it's there is no I think there is no right or wrong way to approach it. I think you just you approach it what you feel is best for you. That's true. You know, and I, and there's I, I guess the point I was trying to make there is there is there are degrees. You yes. know, like I'm um, like Harvey Weinstein probably doesn't deserve to be no. in the uh, the head of a film studio anymore no. but kevin hart has done a good job of oh yeah moving his career forward and i think to a degree it comes from genuine the people that are genuinely trying to be a better person and mm-hmm. saying like hey that's not me anymore yeah kevin hart's one of them he's like, yeah. in a big way 
because um, he, he does a ton of charity stuff. He's like, he seems like a really good dude. Well, and Whereas when other people do it, you're like, oh, that's such a forced apology. You're yeah. doing it because you think that's what people well, want Well, and hear. I think what helps you, because him being a comedian, like his, his comedic stand-up has been about a lot of his life. Like yeah. he, he, he incorporates a lot of his life into his sets, at least, you know, from the ones that I've seen. And it's like, okay. And so people kind of, I think that's why I feel like when he says, look, I apologize, I've moved on, people maybe buy it more because... Like a Harvey Weinstein, you you don't see him. Like just, I didn't even know who the hell he was until all this came out. I'm like, who the hell was that? Yeah. And but Kevin Hart, you know, because you see him constantly on TV or yeah. now, like he has a new Netflix special that I saw a commercial for yesterday. Where he I, now whether or not it's really in his house or not, I don't know. But apparently, it's in his house, and oh, people are wearing funny. masks. And so I'm like, okay, cool. That's Which funny. I can't wait to see the Dan Hornstein Netflix special one day. That's gonna be awesome. It'll be short. <laughs> That's fine. I got time to kill. Okay. Uh, I'll get you the preview and that's it. Yeah. I'm your host, Dan Hornstein. Good night, you're everybody. Gonna, you're going to be watching it in 10 years being like, dude, really? That joke's old. <laughs> I'm going to text you going. Like the, you didn't do the Fast and the Furious tag on your own special. Motherfucker, you didn't even do my joke I told you from the podcast 10 years ago. No. <laughs> okay, so um, so a few more things before we wrap up. But uh, So we talked about like old jokes. and Is there like... A certain theme you like so you you mentioned earlier that you don't like you don't do the story thing you kind of just go with jokes which makes me think of mitch hedberg um yeah because love mitch hedberg. god he was so great just like he would say a joke and then the next joke had nothing to do with the previous joke or the yeah. joke before that it was just literally random thoughts it seemed like that came to his head yeah you know which whether he scripted them or not either way that's what it came off as so for i'm at i guess my thing for you is like do you have first time i heard mitch hedberg like this is, true. <laughs> this is embarrassing I didn't see the special. I, somebody had a CD that they gave. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I thought he was black. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, nope, he's not. And like, I saw. I was like, wow, that's. I was way off. Straight up, <laughs> yeah. stoned out, drugged out, <laughs> like, white boy, like from California. Looking, I don't know yeah. why I thought that too. Oh, I remember the the first time I saw him was on a Comedy Central stand up up when I was living with my friends up in Knack and. I was on a, uh, I was, I wasn't was that his 30 minute special? I think so, yeah. There's a, there's a really interesting behind the scenes oh, I need to see that story thing. about that. It's, it's not um, something anybody's filmed. Mm-hmm. I watched an interview with people talking about it that gotcha. were there. Okay. The 30 minute thing yeah. was supposed to be 60 minutes. And apparently he bombed for about half of that. Oh, wow. And they scrapped together the 30 minutes of it. And released that. Oh, that actually was good. That was good. Oh, and not only is it that. good, it's great. Oh, yeah. And that's what everybody knows of Mitch Hedberg. Oh. But there's this whole other side to it that apparently he did. Wow. He was so upset with it that at, like at a certain point, he's just sitting on the stage. <laughs> oh, Jesus. Like, there's this couple steps behind him. He's just sitting on those steps, yeah. like kind of like head in his hands. Like, it was a really bad moment for him. Yeah. And oh, wow. they say that that had a lot to do with, like, his... Heroin yeah. addiction that kind of like push really up, push pushed, over the edge. really got into uh, a next level after that. I uh, well, so I just I don't know if this was the same special or not. Maybe it was. It's just it's the joke I always remember when he goes to buy donuts and they ask him for the receipt. Yeah, <laughs> and he's like, no. Yes. <laughs> Why do I need a receipt? Want <laughs> to file it under D for donuts or however he said it? Yeah, there's no need to bring pen and ink <laughs> into this or something like that. Or and then he's like, man, I was really hungry. And so I bought, I ate rice because I could have five thousand of them or something, <laughs> or something like that. I, I'm, I know I'm yeah. butchering it, but I just remember when I heard those jokes, I was like, 
oh my god, it's so funny. Yeah, but my, reason- my favorite Mitch Hedberg <laughs> joke is it's just a short one-liner. He's like, I bought an ant farm. Those motherfuckers didn't grow shit. <laughs> See, nah, man. Take, God, I wish you were still around. That's a perfect joke. That's so good. So, so my, my thing is, for you, is do you usually stick with a certain theme or a certain topic or criteria? Like, do you usually try to stick, like, when you're writing it or thinking of something new, do you usually, not that the whole set is, but is there usually, like, one joke that you will stick with or genre? There's, there's, a, there's a tone okay. that I try to do. Um, yeah, so I write short jokes that, that came from me stealing from Adam. <laughs> Alan, um, and so I do a lot of quick, here's a short setup. Yeah. I'm, I'm using fewer words, if better. And then I try to get to a punchline fast. And I kind of, and that by nature mm-hmm. sets you up to do more Mitch Hedberg style yeah. non sequiturs. What I hope to do, I end up writing a lot of jokes that are, I write them at different times, but they're related and yeah. sort of the subject matter. Okay. Getting in shape, being married, yeah. getting older. Yeah. I may think of seven or eight jokes in different times, but mm-hmm. they're centered around the same thing. Well, when I do a longer set, I, I bucket those together okay. because it feels now like more of a presentation, even though there are a lot of short jokes. Yeah. That helps the audience, I think, feel like it, there's more consistency mm-hmm. and more of a narrative to it. My goal with anything that I do joke wise is I want the audience to think this guy is an idiot. (laughs) (laughs) I I really mean that. There's some people that get on stage and like think about like your George Carlin yeah, or your like Bill Hicks type of comics (laughs) that they're there to inform as well as to make laugh and they have always got their goal is I'm going to take something that's you that you're thinking of with this one perspective and I want to shine a different light on it yeah. and make you think about this differently yeah. and simultaneously I'm making you laugh. Man, kudos to you. Yeah. If you can do that, hats off. Yeah. That's not my style. Yeah. When I, at one point, I, I saw an exercise one time that said, write what your goal for your comedy is or what your tone or your theme for your comedy mm-hmm. is in five words or less. You should be able to state yeah. what you want to do. And I wrote, dumb joke or silly jokes i'm dumb <laughs> so what that tells me is i want i want to think of things that are cartoonish yeah. that are um that don't make sense that are yeah. a kind of sort of sort of coloring outside of the lines of reality a little bit mm-hmm. um be, and that's where the land of silliness is yeah. and then if there's ever a punchline i want to be the butt of the joke i don't ever want to make somebody else yeah the butt of my joke i don't want to be mean i don't want to be yeah talking down to people so if i can make it if i can take a scenario and i'm the thing that's wrong (laughs) or i'm the missing piece or the something that doesn't fit in there then it works it works really well and people get to laugh at me yeah it's a little self-deprecating but it's uh, it's it's coming from a warm hopefully a warm place you know and what i find is that if i do it the right way it puts me in a good position with material so that I can, um, I can talk about a variety of different subjects. Yeah. But if I'm always bringing it back to like I don't understand this or I'm dumb, <laughs> people will let you. They're they're yeah. they're good. So you can go into, I don't I don't typically, but I I yeah. feel like I relatively I could get into topics that are quote cancel culture cop topics. Yeah. Not because I'm talking about that specific uh, topic or group or whomever. Yeah. 
I'm bringing it up. That's the subject of the joke, but I'm the punchline. Yeah. And that's the big difference, right? Yeah. Sort of like it's 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 like Rodney Dangerfield. Mm-hmm. You know, yeah. his whole <laughs> shtick about like he was no respect, no respect, and <laughs> and like uh, I need a tie, no respect. Yeah, like that whole that his whole style is is probably like if I had to pick one person that I'm trying to be closest to now yeah i would i would think that's that's okay. that's a good goal to aim for because it's just yeah i would go watch one of his old like johnny carson clips dude yeah first of all it's still funny of course it's 50 years old and it's still <laughs> funny like the jokes are still really that good yeah it's silly he's he's the victim of yeah. all of his jokes <laughs> and he's got so many of them yeah it's it's nuts to think about i feel like uh, maybe that works because if you're if you're the one making a joke kind of making fun of you or laughing at you it's easy because you are you. You know your. You know how to make fun of yourself. Yeah, that's the extent. other thing too. Is I know I know where my flaws are with my logic yeah. or with yeah. you know whatever. And I, and I feel like if you're able to make fun of yourself, which anybody that is listening to this or watching this and they know me personally, they know for a fact. And you know this. I make fun of myself all the damn that's time. That's one of the things that we do well together. Yeah, because I, yeah. I, I'm okay with myself where like, yes, I'll make fun of myself. Like, I have a lot of great qualities, but I do a lot of dumb shit too. Exactly. And I'm okay with that. Exactly. <laughs> but I, mean, I got stories for days that, you know, I could talk on this podcast, which I'm sure eventually will come out. I mean, I have hit myself in the head with a hatchet. I've almost, <laughs> caught, I've almost caught myself on fire. I have uh, almost, I've done a lot of dumb shit, you know, it's just, but that's, but when you can do that, I feel like it's just, especially in your world, of uh, comedy, it, it that's easier to do for sure. I th- I think, or you're more comfortable doing it. I, I think even outside of that, look at look at you, where you've been able to do things not only with your like professional life, but personally too. You are you are a very popular person to be around. People seek you out. They're like, well, like you're you. you're. It's it's kind of the life of the party thing, yeah. right? You've always been that way. That's one of the reasons why I think you and I got along so well when we first started meeting. And some of it comes from everybody. If you're if you're doing it in a way that's genuinely funny, yeah. and you're making fun of yourself, people respond to that. Right. They are they're gravitating towards that because it makes you easier to align with and easier yeah. to build on some level rapport with, mm-hmm. because you're not above anybody. Yeah. You're bringing yourself not only to their level but just yeah. a slightly belief. And I think on uh, on some sort of <laughs> capacity. That makes people want to be around people. Yeah, and so it's a likability well, thing. It, it's probably because I know for the way I act, I don't do it for people to seek me out. I do it just because that's how I am. Yeah, I've I've always been that way. And but it's a hell, it's a good byproduct. It is, and I, you know, I feel like for people, maybe the reason they like that is because then it's like, oh man, he's showing vulnerability. That's it's easy to get into, yeah. and then you know what? he and he's not full of himself, right? You know because you you have people that are like what you just described, but they they do that because I want to be the center with everybody else around me. It's a yeah, like, it's I, a weird I, like charisma thing yeah. that you build up, and you've been able to you're I think self aware enough to know how to use that to your to your advantage, but uh, oh to my advantage. But it helps, man. I, I take it that's it how I got my wife took advantage. <laughs> so. Eh. <laughs> oh, that joke fell. Okay. That's, <laughs> <laughs> That's why I'm not a comedian. That was killed. <laughs> Literally killed. Um, <laughs> do comedy. Come do comedy, man. Please. Maybe, maybe one day. Maybe one day I'll say fuck All it right. and do it. Um, okay, so before we wrap up, I got uh, uh, just two more things. Did so, I go way over time? I'm sorry. No, you're good. I don't care. Okay. <laughs> uh, it's, it's, my, 
that's the beauty of my, my, like that, I don't care. Th- that's about the beauty about my show. My show. It's my show. I do what I want. You can cut and out the parts where I'm doing like just rambling. No, hell no. That's staying in. Okay. Um, because <laughs> it's great. I don't have a boss. Like I do what I want when I want to do it. Like basically, this is my show. I'm the boss of myself. You have a boss, but she's inside. She's not. She's not the boss of me. That's it. <laughs> no, that's how I whispered that because I don't want yeah. her to hear that shit. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, all right, so you, <laughs> it's like they can't peel skish. Yes, <laughs> yeah. I, I can't. God damn it. Oh man. Um, so you've been doing some stand up stuff. You said you've been going out and about. So I guess do you have any shows coming up that you want to tell people about over the next week or throughout the rest of the year? Anything lined up yet? Or there's, uh, I, I, it's real, it's real nice to say like COVID yeah. has, has definitely put. It's not that I'm not getting booked because of my talent. Well, no, no. It's, it's all COVID at this point. I well, can blame well, it all on that. that. I guess yeah. I, should, I should play like, okay, or I should rephrase that. With COVID, are there any shows you're able to do? I'm just going to say there's no shows. <laughs> now, there's one. I, have, I, I, I do have a show coming up, and I thank you for letting me plug this. On December 5th, mm-hmm. it's something I'm really excited about. I'll be performing at the Margaritaville Casino mm-hmm. in Lake Conroe. Nice. Which is a little bit of a drive, but... Yeah. Um, I don't know who else is on the lineup yet, mm-hmm. but the guy that hosts it is a pro comic who has toured a bunch. His name is Billy D. Washington, and he is absolutely hilarious. Um, so even if you, if you're like, eh, yeah, Hornstein's iffy, <laughs> you know, I don't, I don't know about this guy. No, he's not. He's not iffy. Go Come see his ass. Come to the show because you'll get to watch Billy D. Washington, who is yeah. just leaps and bounds hilarious comic. And no, that's, that's right now the only thing that I have on the books. No, no offense to him, but he's not on my show. I don't care about him. I appreciate that. <laughs> if you get him, oh, that'd be awesome. Yeah, be I, that, that'd get. be great. So yeah, that'd be great. All right, and then so my last thing I'll bring up. So okay, perfect. So you said December fifth. December fifth. Okay, Margaritaville Casino in Lake Conroe. I feel like you're going to have to have margarita jokes. 8 p.m.-ish. Okay. Something like that. Okay. Cool, man. Well, uh, yeah, definitely if you're watching or you're listening, go check it out for sure. I've been to his shows. He's hilarious. I love Dan. He's he's great. Um, Okay, so last thing is, um, so I'm doing my Christmas movie tournament. You know, I did this big movie tournament that lasted two months, which I, I, kind of the trial and error we were talking about with, like, comedy, I learned, okay, I'm not doing a two-month fucking tournament again, because that was... (laughs) stupid that was really stupid i had a lot of fun doing it and i got a lot of like feedback of like why not this movie this movie sucks i this was one of them yeah oh, I, I know I, you were yeah i think not with the christmas ones it was uh the, yeah the other ones yeah it was the genre ones and i think it was like sci-fi it was probably was sci-fi yeah because jurassic park won the sci-fi one and everybody like <laughs> i was surprised i thought it should have been the matrix listeners please come to the show but some of y'all have dog shit taste <laughs> In movies. Well, what's funny is on the podcast when we got to the like thriller, suspense, and dramas, um, Forrest Gump won that one. And Ashley, my friend who worked in movies for a number of years, she'd come on every show and we debated. Oh my gosh, she hates Forrest Gump. Dude, Forrest Gump is a dog shit movie. <laughs> I do not God, understand how that movie is so, so well. beloved. Here, uh, let me I don't think what, it's that bad of a movie. It's no, it's okay, but it's not like this fantastic. You know what Forrest Gump is about? You know what the real truth, like the meaning of Forrest Gump is? It's that no matter who you are, how smart you are, yeah. or, or you know what, if you work hard and you try and you're a good person, it doesn't matter. If you're from Alabama, you're going to be stuck raising some AIDS baby <laughs> from some whore that you knew growing up. <laughs> Who's just gonna dump your kid on you and be like, "Peace out, I'm dead." 
Uh, That's the whole purpose of Forrest Gump. Either way, I still think it's a good movie. And no, no, no. a kid that sees dead people. <laughs> <laughs> That's true. Oh, my God. Which, don't be wrong, I'd, I would not have picked Forrest Gump to win the drama, suspense, thriller, or any of those. Um, and then Joshua Park and sci-fi. Anyways, but, so my question, so yeah. we, uh, we brought, I, I put up my list of movies for... You can cut the Forrest Gump part out. No, no, the Forrest Gump is staying what in I there. I call right? a whore. <laughs> We're like two peas in a pod. If one of the peas Just had AIDS, fucking peas and carrots, yeah. <laughs> or peas and carrots. Which one yeah. of the carrots is AIDS? <laughs> it's baby carrots. Oh my god, that's so bad. <laughs> Okay, see, if you're listening to this and you're laughing, yeah, you got to go see a show. It's great. It's uh, just this. It's just 20 minutes of Forrest Gump. Hey. <laughs> so, uh, so we're doing the Christmas movie tournament. Uh, cause this one is only going to be like one round, and it's going to happen, you know, next month, uh, just, you know, a, f- a few weeks probably before Christmas. And so I have my list up of movies to suggest. I know I left out one, but I put it on there. I saw that, and I, I filled out the survey. Yeah, well, so what's funny is because my friend Ashley, she reached out to me. She goes, where the hell's Batman Returns? Fuck yeah. Because we had that whole argument, or not argument, but she made the case. And I'm like, yeah, it's a Christmas movie. It, it takes place during Christmas. Absolutely it, a Christmas if, movie. If it takes place during Christmas, it's a Christmas movie. So, but my question for you is then, obviously, I haven't revealed who the final 16 are just yet. That will come uh, after Thanksgiving. I'll, I'll make a, that announcement. We're going to do a Facebook Live. Okay. Um, and then, at the same time, I reveal the winners randomly drawing out of a hat who goes up against two because I like that better. So, anyways, if you had to pick your all-time favorite Christmas movie, what would it be? Batman Returns is close. <laughs> it really is, dude. Batman yeah. Returns came out in like 1992, I think. I think, I think so, yeah, because the original Batman was 90 or 91. Yeah. And then, yeah, the second one had to come out 92, 93 because I think it was 96 when the third one, like Batman Forever, mm-hmm. or Batman something. Yep, yep. Yeah, yeah, I think you're right. So, Ruffle. 1992, I, it came out when I was 10. Yeah. And I got the VHS. My grandma bought me the VHS copy of that. So, by the time I got the VHS, it was about a year later. Yeah. And I was 11. <laughs> and a lot of, a lot of like, really boy-girl stuff happening. <laughs> you're like... With Michelle Pfeiffer <laughs> and you're, in Batman Returns. You see Michelle Pfeiffer, you're like, what's going on in my pants? For old Dan. <laughs> Like, my pants are getting a little too tight. No. That, oh, never mind. <laughs> and so, <laughs> that's that kind of started it. But Batman Returns is such a cool movie. It's got it's got such a cool style. Yep. It's got good music. It's, it's got fucking Danny DeVito. Love Danny DeVito. In full Danny DeVito. Yes. And it's, it's I, we went and rewatched <laughs> it not too long ago. Yeah. Uh, they were showing it at the Cinemark. His, he's so horny <laughs> in that movie. He's so horny, like, all the time. He just, hey, he just wants some loving. And, and just like, there's loving. a part I, I never caught, and, like, I blurted it out laughing in the theater, where, like, there's a scene where, like, uh, uh, Christopher Walken is trying to convince Danny DeVito to be mayor. Oh, God. And then real quietly, he, he's, like, he's, like, telling him about all the benefits of being mayor. He's, like, he's, like, you'll get to do this, you'll get to do that. Unlimited poontang. <laughs> I had never heard that line before. <laughs> I lost it. Because <laughs> he's like, he says it all Christopher Walken. He's like, he's like unlimited poon time. And oh my God. So Batman Returns is, is up there. Um, I'll give you, a, I'll give you a more traditional answer. Yeah. Goddamn Christmas Vacation. Yeah. It's hard to beat, dude. Yeah. It's, it's, Very if true. I had to pick like a regular Christmas movie, <laughs> Christmas Vacation is one. Hey Griswold, where are you going to put a tree that big? <laughs> Bend over and I'll show you. You know, isn't it the same movie? It was like your shitter's full. Yes, yeah, <laughs> shitter's full. My wife loves Christmas Vacation. Christmas Gosh, Vacation is excellent. 
Christmas story yeah. is I, I'm kind of tired of it now just because of the whole 24 hour thing yeah. I don't, if I never see Christmas story again it's okay but it still has some just wonderful but for, parts but for me I it. watch it once a year yeah because it's like when, it, when you have it running on TNT like I literally will like just turn it on like okay oh I already saw that part alright oh can I catch the beginning cool I caught the beginning alright I'll watch this like eh. yeah yeah. Uh, I'm with you. Yeah, like that's yeah. we we put it on every Christmas. Yeah, and I still laugh. I still have it on yeah. the same part. It's the part where the kid <laughs> is getting a whooping over the phone, <laughs> and it's like the most god awful noise. Yeah, like by the end of it, he's just like, ah! <laughs> it's this horrible guttural sound. So, so I so I have my like I have my like kind of my list of uh, safer Chris like more traditional Christmas. Movies. Yeah, yeah, of course. And that'd be Christmas Vacation, Christmas Story. I don't, I've never seen a lot of the old ones. Like, I've never watched It's a Wonderful Life or yeah. White Christmas or Ro was it Roman Holiday, I think, is one. Yeah. Um, and then I have, like, my adult-themed yeah. Christmas movies, and that's Batman Returns, yeah. Die Hard, <laughs> uh, Bad Santa. Oh, my it's God. so, so unbelievably good, good dude. And that was, in that movie, thank God John Ritter made it through that movie. Yes. Because he, I mean, he's and not he's in hilarious. it. He's not in it long or a lot, but man, when he's in there, he's so funny. Uh, so dude, funny. Ritter, Ritter's, yeah, just fantastic. I miss that man. He was Ritter so and Bernie Mac. Yeah, Bernie uh, Mac, who oh passed my God, away. Yes. Yeah. Those, those would probably be my three. We watched, uh, me and Sarah watched Die Hard two nights ago because yeah. it's on HBO. Yeah. And it's awesome. And then Sarah was like, <laughs> Holy shit, I've never seen Die Hard 2. Oh. So we watched Die Hard 2 last night. Oh, okay. And Die Hard 2's not good. No, it's not. It's really... Like, okay. It's it's not bad. I'll, I, if it's on, I'll watch it. But if somebody goes, what's the better Die Hard? Well, first of all, the first one. The, th down. the third one is second yes. for me. And then even... I'll even say the live free and die hard where he had uh, what's his face Justin um, the young guy uh, at the time where Washington D.C. it was like a oh Justin Long Justin Long and Tim Timothy Oliphant okay I I'm gonna even put that one above Die Hard too I didn't see that one because it's actually not terrible like but it's it, it's better than two I'll say that because they took it in a more technology type of way because at that time technology was so big. And of course, Tim, Tim, uh, Timothy Oliphant is just—I I love him as an actor. One, yeah. But it was just—it was a very unique, different situation. I get—I that... get a Corey Luden's vibe off Timmy Oliphant. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, kind of, yeah. Actually, yeah. Like, go watch him. Yeah. That, um, that Santa uh -huh. Clarita Diet show. Oh, with Megan him and loves Drew that. Megan loves that. Watch show. Watch that show. I'm gonna tell Megan in a minute. Yeah. Tell me he doesn't. He's that's Corey Luden's. That that, that all the way is it's his character in that show. Probably is, but. But yeah, I put the Live Free and Die Hard before Die Hard 2. Like okay. Because Die Hard 2 was that very typical, like, the first one was so good. How can we make a second one? Okay, great. How can we change it up? It's an airplane. It's kind of, yeah. <laughs> and, and it's like, kind of like the guy from NYPD Blue. But it was like, so, <laughs> I, God, yes. That dude, he was, and he was being a dick. He's which so that, annoying. He's such the an asshole. Movie. And then the whole thing, his brother is the tow guy that was trying to tow his car. But no, the thing is though, <laughs> with Die Hard too. Uh, so with Die Hard, it was very, it wasn't over the top, like shoot him up, kill him, like in a way, right? I mean, it had its moments, but it didn't seem like over the top, like shooting people. The second one, that's all there was. Uh, yeah, like, like on the snowball. It was like fifteen minutes in. Yeah, he was and, already killing somebody, and it was just like over the top. I'm just like. Okay, yeah, this was definitely a very typical 90s sequel. <laughs> Plus, as far as villains goes, yeah. Die Hard 1 and Die Hard 3 
Alan Rickman and Jeremy Irons, like, mm -hmm. come oh, on, man. You had man. The per that was perfect casting. You're going to put them, and then Die Hard 2, it's like the guy that played the Grim Reaper in <laughs> Bill and Ted's Bogus Journey. <laughs> that was, I didn't even know that was him. Don't give me that shit, <laughs> you know? I didn't even know that was Yeah, him. this is the same dude. Oh, my God, I heard we watched Die Hard 2 and, like, really stare at it going, okay, it oh, just, my God, it's him. It really is. <laughs> once, you click, once you recognize it, you're like, oh, shit. Man, now I can't watch either of those movies. <laughs> like, why are you shooting plays the air guitar? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> like, just shoot him. Uh, <laughs> Yeah, I, I, I love your list of movies. Um, yeah, definitely. I, I put... Did I have to pick all 16? Yeah, well, yeah. So, yeah, I had people... There were over 40 movies, almost 50 movies to choose from. God damn. And uh, in my brain, I'm like, all right, well, there's 16 that you get to pick. There's a lot I hadn't seen. Yeah, there, there's a lot I hadn't seen either. But, um, but yeah, I, I would say for sure, like, Die Hard is, like, my go-to Christmas movie, which makes me a little weird, uh, just because I love it, and it's a very unorthodox Christmas movie but after that it's Elf I love Elf I don't Elf know. is good I Elf just, is, it's just, is it makes me laugh when I because it's that kid humor yeah from Will Ferrell that just makes me laugh and I because it's it's shit that I would do probably I don't know why issues. the part that makes me laugh the most is when he chugs the two liter <laughs> and burps for like 45 <laughs> yeah, seconds just that's how I know I'm not an adult <laughs> like that's that's the I, I crack up at that every single time uh, the, the thing I laugh the most is when he's in the city, and he almost gets hit by the cab, and then he has uh, Zoe Deschanel's character, and they're running. He goes, "Watch out! The yellow ones don't stop." I don't know why. I don't know why, yeah. but I lose it every time because he's like, "Just watch out! The yellow ones don't the yellow stop." Ones don't stop. It's like Jesus Christ. That's awesome. Because it, it's accurate. If you live in New York, yeah, yeah, those fucking cabs will run your ass over. They don't care. That like, and uh, just the answer to Buddy the Elf. What's your favorite color? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I love smiling. Smiling is my favorite. That's, See, that's why that cracks I, me up. I put Elf definitely up there in my top ones for okay. sure. I don't know if I had um, Elf. I need to go back and maybe redo it. Yeah, that's uh, well. I, so I had to take down the voting uh, because apparently my Survey Monkey had a very limited uh, responses. So I had, to, I had to stop the responses oh. at one point because now it's like, well, you're only seeing this number of responses. So like, if I had oh, because you didn't pay for the premium membership, I didn't pay for that shit. No, give me the free yeah. one. Of course, they're going to limit it to forty or I think it was forty or fifty or whatever it was. Anyways, but we got a good chunk of, uh, but the sixteen that uh, that are final, like there was a good gap between the the sixteen and like the next, uh, you know, seventeen, eighteen, nineteen. In 20 it wasn't like it was very close for sure yeah so even with all the voting it would have been fine but all right well that's going to do it for uh, this edition i feel like you and i can ramble for hours i know all kinds of stuff but uh i want to thank you for uh coming on man Dude, I, I, had really, fun. I really enjoyed it we'll have to have you on again and uh sure i hopefully we'll had some like good answers and not Dude, just yeah. uh no you had great insight man okay. this whole podcast is about sharing caring yeah, yes and, and daring and just daring it up <laughs> No, it's just I like I like to share what my friends are doing that they're doing. Uh, my friends do a lot of cool shit, yeah. and I like to showcase that. You know, I got friends in real estate. I got a, a buddy of mine who we just haven't been able to connect uh, schedule wise. He's a professional. He, he was a professional wrestler out in Georgia what? for a number of years. So I, I'm trying to get him on. You know, we've been trying to coordinate that. Um, you know, I got my friend up in New Jersey with her two hair salons. I got a friend who's an influencer on Instagram. Yeah. And I just like, hey, people are doing cool shit. Yeah. So I'm like, let's have him on. And you're actually the first one that I've had on that I haven't known my entire life. I've only known you for six years. But it feels like I've known you my whole life. <laughs> it feels like way longer. Because fucking yeah. talking bullshit about so much shit. That is true. You know, so yeah. But, dude, I want to I wanna thank you. Uh, it's been a blast catching up with you. I haven't had a chance to talk to you in a while. So yeah, it's fun. Hell yeah, man. Yeah, That's but fun. I appreciate you coming on. Uh, for anybody listening and watching, uh, make sure that you go like and subscribe to the podcast wherever you find it. Uh, feel free to subscribe to our YouTube channel as well. Uh, we have a Facebook page. 
Uh, we have an Instagram page. Facebook is the Gentile Life Podcast. Instagram is the underscore Gentile underscore life. Those fucking underscores get me every time. <laughs> <laughs> so hit us up on Instagram. Uh, and if you're listening to this, we'll be revealing uh, the um, the winners or the final 16 of the Christmas movie bracket because Christmas officially starts after Thanksgiving. I don't care what anybody says. After Thanksgiving. So we'll do all that after Thanksgiving. But guys, everybody have a great one, and we'll see you next time.